Hi, nerds. It's Michael Moore, and I'm here with Sam Nafziger, IT manager at Gripple USA. Welcome to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Sam, how's it going? Is this your first podcast? Yes. Uh, yes, it is, actually. Thank you for having me. Ah, see, we roped another one in and uh, convinced them to uh, to join this uh, fun little event here. Um, we uh, This would be a good one. Uh, I've, I've read up on you. Uh, I've got a bunch of information on here, and there's a lot to talk about. Um, but it's time for our icebreaker segment. It's called Random Access Memories. I ask a question, and then you respond with the first answer that comes to your head. Um, so, strangest thing you've ever spilled on your keyboard? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Um, it's got to be some kind of food sauce. Um, I'm going to go with the McDonald's barbecue sauce. That's McDonald's, definitely been on my keyboard. McDonald's barbecue sauce. Uh, you know, anybody that's in IT knows that um, we don't get to eat uh, unless we're, you know, hooked to the computer. So I completely understand the barbecue sauce uh, spilling all over the keyboard. Good thing they don't cost yes. a lot of money. Um, <laughs> if you could be any computer part, what would you be? Mm, um, probably a power supply. You know, oh. that's that seems pretty straightforward. I don't think that requires a lot of uh uh maintenance and uh you know that's that sounds like me i don't require a lot of uh, f- uh fluff or uh, maintenance if you will but at the same time it's uh it's it's uh consistent you know it doesn't really break down you, you know how often are you having to replace a power supply um i i'd say that's that's definitely representative of myself I like it. And uh, we'll, we might swing back to that power, uh, power supply analogy later on. Um, all right, last one. Your uh, printer is out of ink. Do you buy more ink or do you buy a new printer? Oh, that's easy. You just throw away the printer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, how no. did you even get to that point where the, where the <laughs> you know, I ran out of ink and I, the other day, and this is what caused this question. I ran out of ink on my printer and, you know, I didn't have time to go search for another printer, but I seriously thought about it. I was like, mm, maybe I just, maybe I just go buy another one. Yeah, you know what? To, to answer that honestly, I would go buy another cartridge, but I would feel—I uh, I would not—I would not be happy about it. Let's put it that way. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sam! Oh, we got so much to talk about, man. Uh, I'm really interested. You know, I was looking on here, and I was looking at, you, at, at what you've done. There's so many things that you've done here, uh, and what I what two things came to came to mind. The biggest pieces I saw one was. Uh, um, all the work that you've done on ERP, uh, being an ERP analyst and all, all those uh, um, different pieces of even in other solutions working with the ERP. And the next one was uh, business intelligence. Um, and uh, I want to start with ERP because uh, business intelligence, I have a, I want to get into that, but I also want to tie it in with using business intelligence. Uh, to get into digital transformation uh, and and using the strategic um, the company's strategic uh, you know strategy there to to get pushed forward. So 
But let's start with ERP first, right? Because I get this one. This is like something that happens a lot in companies uh, where, and I've been in a few, where they just decide to replace the ERP uh, because that's the source of all their uh, all their worries. Um, and the focus always goes to the IT department first, in in my in my uh, experience, to say, hey, what ERP should we buy, or what ERP should we right. design, and then you know, ultimately, I have to always boot it back to them and say, hold on, <laughs> we're not there yet, you know, uh, and and then talk about, you know, the the processes that that go on in companies. I want to hear your take on this because you are. It's. I mean, I looked at your your stuff. You've got the ERP. Uh, um, I would say you got it down, but you got the ERP experience, and that's huge. Let's let's talk a little bit about your experience with ERP. Um, and if you want to start with a little, uh, you know, how you kind of got into it, sure, go right ahead. Sure. No, I'd be glad to. So uh, it, it's funny you kind of mentioned that. Um, I happened to listen to uh, a podcast episode uh, from the other day. Um, I believe his name was Jose, but he had he had mentioned uh, had something that that kind of struck me, and that um, what got him interested in IT was uh, when he was younger. He had been uh, messing about with some sort of radio transmitter, and he figured out that he could override certain signals in this this radio transmitter as people were driving by in their cars. Um, and, it, and it ultimately sparked an interest in him that, that just kept going to the degree where he was able to, to use that interest and, and learn and, and find other interests in, in other areas of technology. Um, and, and, I'd, and I'd like to use kind of analogy to that end because my interest started in a similar way. Um, you know, I, as, a, as a kid, I would, I would get into uh, technology by fixing either a DVD player or a TV um, you know, I'm, I'm relatively young, so I, I don't have, you know, a memory of when there was never technology, but I can definitely appreciate having to, uh, you know, restart and reboot a complete um, PC with a fresh set of windows because my brother, uh, you know, downloaded too many songs off LimeWire. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, that, that, that ultimately sparked in the same way to the degree where um, I, I kept that as, as kind of a personal interest as I, as I kind of progressed um, throughout my college years. but. The, the difference between, I guess, the, the path that I took to IT and most people is I didn't actually uh, study that through school at first. Um, I, I took a more uh, standard approach uh, to, to college and that I just studied business. Um, I wanted to really understand how business ran, how businesses were ran, how the administration behind businesses worked, why there were certain uh, departments set up and for what reason. And what I came to understand out of, out of all of that and, and, this took me up until the end of the, the degree and, and getting that degree to understand was that when it comes to IT and how IT relates to business, there's very few people that even understand 1% of, of IT and not only IT, but, but the data that's being maintained and managed by IT. Um, and so I kind, of, I kind of recanted that personal interest uh, as I graduated and said, well, you know, if, if no one else is going to you know, get into this. I, 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 I will because I have this personal interest in technology, and I want to understand, you know, how how businesses are being maintained by way of their data, um, especially as it was becoming more and more relevant. You know, 10, 15, you know, years ago. Sam, so at me, the same time, I, let me inter, let me interject for just a moment because you made a few a few points there that I want to just make sure we clarify. So, real quick, what what is your degree in? So we so the audience knows. 
I have a uh, bachelor's degree in business administration and a focus in economics. Okay. Um, so now, so now based on that, uh, um, I also, by the way, I also went to, um, uh, my degree is, uh, in management information system, which is in the college of business. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the funny story there is that I actually, uh, um, went for computer science and then realized how much math is required in computer science. <laughs> and then, yes, uh, yes. got up out of engineering, walked my way over to the business department and, uh, was smiling <laughs> ever since. Um, but, but this is an interesting little thought because, here you are, economics, business administration, um, going, uh, uh, you know, going that path, and you identify that there is a lack of understanding about information. Uh, and you know, exactly. one of the one of the points, and this is I, this is so cool because one of the points about IT, notice IT doesn't nowhere in it does it say computers right it's information technology it exists solely because mm-hmm. we are moving information from one spot to the other right and so exactly. we're information movers i love that you are so in tune to this uh concept um and this is probably going to drive most of the co- uh, most of the conversation it's interesting too that you reference jose in that in that podcast from before um, very heavy on technical and and how uh, and how he yes. got into it from a technical perspective, um, and uh, uh, very different, very different from how you uh, uh, you know yes. landed into it. So it's a great contrast. And by the way, that was a great episode. And uh, if people haven't checked it out. Do check it out because uh, if you listen to that episode and you're going to listen to this episode, you're going to have a really nice understanding of the different widespread uh, challenges you face in IT. So back to this, information technology, uh, specifically in information, right? You identified that there was a uh, an opportunity, so to speak, um, to help companies harness their communication, understand, sorry, harness their information, understand their information, and then turn that into a strategy. So let's let's continue from there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you you kind of just nailed it, and that I I realized the opportunity to to progress business, and not only progress but help to realize you know the value that they're missing um, at the same time by way of reading this data. And the simplest way that I could come up with at the time, and I hate to use the the simplest, it was more so the most convenient. Um, because again, I don't have, I didn't have that background and, and degree in IT. So I, I kind of tried to pick my, my easiest route or most feasible route, I guess I should say to, um, to understanding how I could solve that problem, which in fact was learning, um, a language SQL. Uh, so, so I, I picked up some courses on that. I got certified in SQL. And then from there, I, uh, joined as a ERP analyst as, at, a, at a business, um, right after college. And I basically did just what I'm, what I'm saying, I, I told them entirely how their business was being ran by way of their data, uh, what their data was telling them that they were maybe missing out on, um, and, and kind of maximized on that while, you know, also leveraging other departments alongside this analysis, uh, to help boost themselves, um, which, you know, again, helped secure that kind of, uh, trust in, in IT, um, or at least in the IT department that I was in. Agreed. I think the uh, interesting there is uh, now. Did you teach yourself SQL? 
I did at first, and uh, then I quickly realized that you know you hit a ceiling uh, when you do that uh, uh, self-paced and self-learning, yeah. um, and you, you really need some sort of external um, learning platform or, or instructor, let's say, uh, to guide you um, and teach you. Uh, what, like I said, once you get to that certain ceiling, you realize that okay, I can maybe you know maintain a system. I can maybe read a system. Um, but I like to compare it, you know, to any other language, right? You know, yep. you, you always know that friend that took three or four years of Spanish in, in high school and always says, yeah, I can maybe read it, uh, but I can't write it or speak it. Same exact <laughs> thing. You know, it's, it's, you know, I can, I could read it at that time. Uh, but then I realized, okay, I can't really write anything from scratch. And I definitely can't, you know, explain uh, super complex SQL code to someone else. You're you're so you hit you hit the nail on the head with that. This is a it's an interesting thing that happens in IT a lot, which is you can teach yourself a lot of things, um, but you will eventually hit a ceiling. And that and that ceiling, interesting, Sam. In, in my opinion, is the realization of how much is actually out there. Right. So. You, mm-hmm. you can say, oh, I got a good understanding of what this does. And then at some point you reach the point in which you go, oh, wow, I understand that I don't understand it all and that there's so much more to learn. And I think that uh, that is what you're kind of talking about, right? With the ceiling. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly that. Yeah, this is this is common and uh, uh, and a really big it would probably do a whole other podcast on on just that, which is, uh, you know, you know, understanding what you don't know, right? Uh, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. I'm really interested in your um, in the thought here about you using SQL to analyze data and then explain to the business leaders what their data means because it requires not only understanding SQL, not only understanding what the data is uh, and what it's used for, but also the processes that the company uses and, and, and what they um, need that data to do to, from a strategic standpoint to push their business forward. So I'm actually interested in this. And this almost is, I think, feel like we're kind of uh, diving out of ERP and going into business intelligence. But let's do it, right? Because I'm actually, um, you know, I'm actually pretty interested and I, can, and I think I, we can weave ourselves back to ERP as well. But let's, let's dive into business intelligence. Sure. It looks like yeah, your, your I, dog I, is is highly. Uh, I know. If, if highly mind, interested gonna, as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go put her in that cage. Ah, she is, is, uh, don't worry. Well, I, I, I guarantee well, the listeners uh, love the uh, the additional. Uh, dog. What's the, what's the dog? Uh, what's the dog's name? Her name is Lucy, and she's Lucy. Uh, just she's she's just been moved to a new apartment, so she's still getting used to it. So I, I do apologize. It's, no, uh, Lucy's a great girl, and uh, and she's a bi enthusiast, and uh, yes, she will yes. now forever be on this podcast with you. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> no, but I want to um, get into business no, intelligence, right? I want to get into this piece about uh, you know about the what it takes to speak with you know, leaders and champions in an organization and actually get the answers you need to understand the data. Yeah, I think uh, in particular, when it comes to understanding the needs of the department, um, the, the step of, of taking, you know, the next, next, the next step in certification and, and learning is, is crucial. Um, you know, you can, you can use what you've learned personally to, 
to get you know to a certain point with with that uh, type of communication to, to other department leaders. But until um, you understand fully what you're talking about and what you're looking at, it's it's going to be a missing picture for all. Um, so I'd like to say that you know when it comes to maybe explaining to the business uh, what what you're um, what you're looking at, not only do they have to understand maybe where you're coming from, but you also have to be at a certain level of, of uh, uh, experience and education to be able to accurately and, and appropriately depict that. Yeah. It, you know, it's, um, it's actually probably better that we're, we're talking about BI before we talk about ERP because um, it's almost kind of the, the first step towards uh, figuring out what ERP uh, you're going to get, right? Is understanding the understanding the business, understanding their data, and and what their needs are. Exactly. Um, I mean, I'll give you a really good example. Uh, there was one company that I worked at, uh, without naming names, that had used a uh, Sage system mm-hmm. um, and a Sage ERP system. At that, I think it was maybe Sage one hundred. Uh, very antiquated for the time, you know, that we were using it, and. I basically, after learning SQL, uh, came to realize that this was not the system that we should be using. It was a manufacturing business. Um, there was no, or very little, I guess, manufacturing modules or, or programs built into the Sage system. And uh, I came to realize as I, as I reached or researched that system um, very, very easily, and obviously that it was, it was more so geared towards accounting. Uh, and, and strictly, you know, accounting and financial service type businesses. And so that, that's kind of the, the point that I'm trying to make is, is before you get to that point of, of realizing, okay, what, what kind of ERP system do I need? Do I need dynamics? Do I want to go with something more, more common like SAP or Oracle? You need to get to a point of understanding what kind of data you have. Um, and, and ultimately that data is driven by what kind of processes you have in your business. So, you know, if you're in a manufacturing business, you're going to be producing uh, you know, large and vast amounts of data behind that manufacturing process, and you need to be able to maintain it and utilize it in a system that is capable of handling such data, um, and and has a place more so to store it. Right, you, you, and that system, and that Sage system, I, I can't remember entirely what uh, modules were available, but very very uh, uh, minimal. You know, in comparison to like a dynamic system. Um, that's that's more so geared towards you know an operations based uh, industry. So you know understanding that data, I guess, would be the most important part to um, picking an ERP system. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a really good point. And understanding that data, and not only understand that data, right? And I think probably the next thing we're going to chat about is un- understanding the processes and 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 then how people work with that data in that organization. Um, one of the things that um, I always kind of tell people when they're when they're looking for a new ERP system, um, as I say, hold on a second. You know what? You have reached a point in which um, you have an opportunity here, and the opportunity is to reevaluate every single process that you do in this company uh, and see if it's still valid or if there's a better way to get it done. Anytime you're replacing any technology, that's a that you know that to me that's the time that you can spend to with the business leaders and the champions around the organization to say, Hey, uh, let's, let's relook at this stuff. Let's, let's figure out if we're actually being, um, uh, uh, efficient, you know? So I would love to chat about 
about that and let and and some of your uh experiences in that regard because it's such a tough thing to be in IT and then have to have a conversation with leaders of the organization and different business units, different competing departments, um, and let them know that what they're doing may not be the most efficient way to do it. Yes, that's definitely a tough challenge that if you're new um, to it, which, you know, I, I have, like, you know, was, was recently, um, can, can be difficult to explain, especially when you have uh, a team or, or personnel, let's say, that are or have been doing this for several years. Um, and, you know, especially in a, in a situation like myself, uh, again, relatively younger guy coming in, telling them how to, how to basically uh, make their job better, or do, do their job better. Um, you know, and it's not to say that, you know, it's, it's entirely to replace their job, you know, and I take the example of something like EDI, uh, where, you know, it's, it's, you know, more antiquated businesses, more, um, uh, historically, you know, run type businesses, mm -hmm. um, will not have any sort of EDI implemented. But if you were to talk to them about EDI, their first thought would be, you know, you're trying to replace me the same way that the, the screens at McDonald's are trying to replace the cashiers. Um, and that's just not true. The, the, the point of bettering an, uh, uh, IT, you know, process and system and bringing in new technology, like you, like you just mentioned is to ultimately, create more value and, and give more value to the personnel um, for, for, for them to realize, right? So by, by eliminating those mundane tasks of data entry, uh, you're now free to, to actually manage customer service and, and actually manage a relationship. Um, not saying that it wasn't being done before, but at the same time, it gives you more time to do so. It gives you more uh, ability to um, do things that are not able to be automated. Um, and, and that is truly where people have value is, is things that, and, and processes more so that are not able to be automated, uh, in, in any which way it's, it, it requires, you know, a human touch. Um, those are the things that we should be maximizing on as, as a business. Um, and in every other way, when it comes to, like I said, the example of data entry, uh, if you can automate it, why not? You know, anyone can, anyone can pick that up as a skill. Uh, it's not, it's not a, um, personable trait to be able to, to type, right? It's not a, it's not a, uh, unique trait anymore, at least. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, at this point, it's, 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 it's hurting you to keep doing that and, and continue doing that as part of your daily task. You make a great point. And, and this is, it's an interesting one because, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of circle back to something you said before. Remember when you knew we were learning, um, SQL, right? You hit a, you hit a ceiling and businesses do this, right? They, uh, you know, they start off and they're doing a bunch of stuff and then they hit a ceiling. And then when they hit that ceiling, they turn inward and they say, okay, well, what are we doing internally that we can make better, right? Before we do any type of, um, you know, uh, improvements in, or sorry, in, uh, um, adding any different additional money and funds and different pieces, let's look internally and see what we can do better. Um, this is not a, to say, and, and I'm glad you made this point, this is not to say that anybody's doing things wrong. This is to say that what you've been doing up until this point has been uh, adequate for the business, but now we're moving into a different, um, a different spot. You know, we have to evolve. And part of that evolution 
is finding things that can uh, that can be automated, just like you mentioned, and automating. And that doesn't mean displacing people. That means um, freeing them up uh, so that they can work even harder to to the business to do other items and make the business grow. And growing the business means additional jobs and additional pieces. So uh, it's almost like a uh, a pause. Let's let's rework what we're trying to do. And then set the business up to grow again, which everybody benefits from. In in my opinion, I think that that's probably you know uh, the the way that it should be looked upon. Yes, yes, you're absolutely you're absolutely right, and and at least in my opinion, you're absolutely right. Um, change is not only good; it's it's necessary for a business to thrive. And if you're not constantly looking at inward, you know, to to realize this change. Um, you're doing business wrong and, and it's only a matter of time before it will fail. Um, and, and that's a proven, you know, test the time theory, right? That mm-hmm. if you don't change with the, if at the time, if you don't change with the, with the ways it's, it's not going to last. Um, yeah. so, so I like to use that as an example that, you know, if, if you're complacent with where you are, that, that may work for the time being, but it's not going to get you to tomorrow. Um, to, you know, in, in theory. So, I I think when it comes to IT, especially, it's it's almost a duty of ours uh, to to highlight the change and highlight uh, the the need for change. And and this is probably more so the the business degree in me speaking than anything um, <laughs> to 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 bring forward uh, you know reasons for change. Um, and especially because most change nowadays is driven by technology. I mean, it's just a matter of fact. We don't we don't drive change uh, in, in many other ways at, at this point. You know, it, you know. I'm gonna the next. I'm gonna kind of move into a next piece based on, uh, you know, what we've talked about. When we're in college, uh, we learn how to do things, and um, we learn the process, the right way of going through and and doing things and stuff. But sometimes we don't, and we're not taught. And, and uh, um, I've, I was lucky to have a few um, really good teachers uh, and professors in college that actually did bring some of these pieces up. Um, but sometimes we do not learn all the ins and outs of what could go wrong, uh, the political ramifications internally to the organization, the challenges you'll face from funding, um, doing everything by the book uh, the right way and, and setting it all up. Um, it rarely actually ever happens. <laughs> there's a, um, you know, there's, hey, we can't do this because of cost right now. It needs to be pushed down the road. So you kind of operate in this mode of let's do as best we possibly can with the funds and the uh, processes that we're willing to change at that moment and then look to the future to keep improving it. And I wanted to get your take on this um, because so often when we have conversations we keep them kind of general and we say, this is the way to do it. And then people go out and they do it and they don't, and folks don't, you know, know how to react to some of the problems and issues and, 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 uh, and unknowns that will, are definitely going to get your way in any project really, but especially in ERP and uh, business intelligence and almost certainly in digital transformation. So um, I'm going to let you pick. <laughs> but I want to hear some specifics about uh, any of the challenges that you've really 
uh, faced in any one of these projects. And again, like I said, I mean, any which ones, uh, ERP, BI, digital transformation, I want to hear the challenges that you've faced. Uh, and I want to really dive deep into how you overcame those challenges. Um, what were the, you know, the concessions and the, uh, uh, and, you know, how the political uh, pieces uh, went, went down uh, that allowed you to continue to be successful and, and move the stake, uh, you know, the goalpost, so to speak, uh, down the road. I'd like to hear some of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so with business intelligence, I'll, I'll start there because that's, that's somewhat of an easy one. It's almost in the name, right? Um, it's an intelligent you know, product slash service, whatever you're using to, to form that, that intelligence. Uh, so in that sense, you know, it's, it's intrinsically valuable to, to everyone. Um, who, you know, it, so something that's intelligent is, is, you know, by nature smarter. And who doesn't want a, a smarter process, especially if it's within your own responsibility or within your own scope of work, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that sense, um, and I'll use the example of uh, reporting, um, because reporting is something that a lot of people nowadays are, are uh, starting to, to move towards a more business intelligent um, style of, of thinking. Um, but, but especially with reporting, you see that you know, a lot of businesses are starting to turn from using uh, what I like to refer to as static reporting, um, which, is, which is something like an Excel report that you, know, you open it up today, you open it up a year from today, it's going to have the same uh, data, same, same, same model. It's not, nothing's going to change. Uh, it's going to look the same exact as it did a year ago. Uh, whereas, whereas business intelligence is really geared more than anything to make data readily available to you. Uh, and in that sense, you can think about business intelligence as a, as a dynamic version of reporting. Um, and, and at least when it comes to reporting, that is. So, so, it, and again, I use an example of something like a service like Power BI. Where you know it offers essentially a, a, a way to model your analysis, and instead of having to recreate this model and having to recreate you know your your cut and copy and paste across your Excel spreadsheets, uh, it, it can model that and, and kind of frame that in a way where it basically just needs a, a new set of data uh, um, to, to represent and visualize that that model. Um, so so at that point, it's very easy to. Um, highlight the value to the rest of the business, you know, and, and, and say, Hey, you know, that thing that took you 10, 15 minutes to run, you know, twice a day, uh, here's a way that's going to make it so that you just have to click refresh. Um, and, and, and it's no longer going to cause you to think about it. Uh, that's, that's going to be a model. And instead it's just going to feed, you know, have data, uh, fed into it, new data fed into it. Um, so, so from that perspective, the sell of business intelligence is actually very easy. Um, but I, I want to also point out that the sell of business intelligence is almost necessary to drive ideas uh, like digital transformation. Oh, um, and that. that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where it becomes entirely more um, valuable because business intelligence is, is really not doing anything, not providing you anything that you didn't already have. It's just providing you, it to you in a more intelligent way. Digital transformation is taking that a, a bit of, of a step further and providing you uh, additional value in your business that you maybe didn't didn't have or you did have but weren't maximizing on. Um, and, and again, I use the example of something like business intelligence. You know, as a driver of digital transformation, by way of you know highlighting the value in that, 
people then intrinsically realize and, and realize on their own time and, and, and space and whatever, hey, you know, this has saved me X amount of time doing something smarter this way, using a better technology this way. I wonder if there's a better technology for this other process that I have. Uh, and, and that, you know, in a nutshell is what digital transformation is. But put in a more realistic sense, digital transformation at the heart is utilizing data to drive business decisions instead of human intuition or instead of intuition. Um, and, and instead of deciding and making a business decision based on how, how someone's feeling or an emotion, um, primarily that is. Now, that's not to say that some businesses aren't using a, a combination of both, um, but, but in, and instead using in purely data in, in a pure data sense um, to drive, you know, these, these business decisions. And, and it, it varies by, you know, industry. You know, you think about the fashion industry, it's, it's probably hard to utilize something like digital transformation and get, you know, that, that kind of value out of it, right? Because it's hard to predict trends. It's hard to predict, you know, analysis to the trends um, and, and make models for those analysis, right? So it's, it's a little bit more difficult. But you take something like, you know, an industry that we're in, that I'm in, uh, like manufacturing, and you say, okay, I, I, I'm getting a ton of data here um, it, and more data than, you know, any one person or any one department is going to be able to tell me, you know, by, by themselves. Um, therefore, you know, the more data, the better. I, I'm going to be able to make a better decision now that I have this data. So again, it, it varies depending on the industry you're in, but, but digital transformation, again, at the core is is utilizing that data to make your business decisions instead of relying on you know certain certain um, uh, human intuitions. So two things on that. Uh, one, uh, jokingly, I almost now want to get somebody with fashion on on, uh, on the phone to understand how uh, <laughs> they use business intelligence and digital transformation. Because <laughs> uh, now I'm curious to see you know how many people ordered this many shirts versus uh, so no, but uh, but more on a on a on a more serious note, the something you said just struck me is kind of a, you know, one of those uh, aha moments, right? Where you tied, um, you know, the digital transformation and, and business intelligence to uh, operating out of logic and less out of emotion or intuition. And what was so interesting about this is there have been so many times in which I have uh, spoken about changing something within the company, uh, either to reduce costs or improve efficiencies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Whatever the different changes is. And sometimes uh, I'm met with, fantastic, what a good idea, right? And other times I'm met with, but this is what I use, right? And mm -hmm. I, I'm not willing to move and change. And, and when I'm met with that emotion, I never uh, uh, try to match it with emotion because it's, that's a losing battle. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, people will, you know, when they, when you hit emotion, I, it's, it's such a, uh, it's such an innate instinctual, um, uh, you know, uh, um, piece of uh, us that it's hard to, you know, it's almost like it logic starts to move out of the way. And I want to get further into that, but for this example, I wanted to explain in uh, the aha moment here is moving people away from emotion and back to logic is such a big deal because that's where you start to get 
um, uh, you know, decisions that are based on logic and that and and not on on emotion. And, I, and I'm not going to discount that. There's a lot of people out there that just have the int- intuition needed to run businesses and and, and get stuff done. And that is not uh, a knock on anybody. But when you start to grow and you start to get big and you start to um, have a lot of data, why not start to use that information to your advantage? Uh, and also, and kind of combine it with what you're saying, which is let me get all the information on this so I can make a logical decision. And if there's something open to interpretation, let's use instinct on top of that, you know, to, to get moving. So, but now I have a more informed decision and not just a pure instinctual decision or a pure emotional decision about what's going on. So, and, and so now I'm going to, I'm going to toss it back to you. But when I toss it back to you, here's what I want to really dive into. That instinctual, that emotional response to changing things, um, how, well, it also creates what, uh, um, a little bit of a political, uh, um, and when I talk about political, I'm talking about internal uh, struggles right. in between different departments and people uh, about what what should happen next, right? Because people have a lot of stake in the company and, and, and they have a lot of pride in what they do. And it's tough to tell them, uh, you know, I know you've been doing this, but we should really look at doing it a different way. I want to understand, and I think the audience and the business leaders want to understand how they can cut through that the best way, uh, retain the talent that they have, not upset them, and then get the processes changed. I know, by the way, that's not an easy task, but that's why I got you on. So you can share your uh, experience and, uh, enlighten people. No, that's a great, that's a great question. And it's something that, you know, I continue to learn. It's, it's, it's a never ending process and, uh, how you, let's say, convert, you know, an individual to think more logic and and data driven than, than intuition and emotion. Um, but I will say going back to the point about business intelligence, it starts with representing a value, um, to, to the person, right? It's, it's, always going to seem as a leader in the business when you're when you're going and facing downward that you're you're trying to make a change for your own benefit or, or for the leadership's benefit right um, rarely is it seen where leadership is pushing a change down and only highlighting the benefits to the lower level so I, I like to use that point especially when it comes to business intelligence like I was saying where when you introduce a new technology, uh, you need to be entirely highlighting and, and explaining the value from their perspective. Uh, and, and then that will buy them, you know, uh, and get them on board with, with change. Um, you know, I'll use a very good example that I've recently um, uh, been dealing with at, at, at my current company, uh, which is we've, we've recently adopted and, and by adopted, I mean, started to heavily use uh, our CRM system. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, a sales team that that utilizes it, uh, and you know, up until a certain point, you know, maybe a year ago or so, we really didn't. Uh, we, we we honestly really didn't use it to to, to every degree and every angle. Um, and you know, I kind of came up with uh, certain certain ways uh, to to highlight that value. Right? It's it's taking you know an example of creating uh, a company with some records and some data against it in CRM. And highlighting, okay, this is going to give you readily available information. This is going to give you reporting at a moment's notice. This is going to give you 
um, relationship, you know, relation, relational data, um, you know, compared to, compared to like a customer that you may be looking at, you know, like maybe the appointments, the emails that you've had against them. It's going to give you it all in one space. You know, it's, it's highlighting that value to them, not to yourself. Um, and, and keeping on that. Because again, that's, that's what's going to drive them to think, well, you know, maybe I could use this. Maybe I could use the system. Maybe the way, uh, where I have to search through my inbox every single time I want to remember when last time I visited them was, is probably a bad way to do it. Maybe there's a better way to do it. Um, and it does take some time. You know, as I found in the last couple of years, it's, it takes time to, to drive that point home. And that may be, you know, Again, and an age difference, an experience difference, whatever you want to call it. But at the same, at the same time, I don't think it, it that that's the biggest factor. I think the bigger factor is like you you pointed out earlier, the way that businesses has you know always been ran, quote unquote, is is probably what's driving people to not want to change. Um, but again, highlighting it, uh, what that value is to the individual and not to the to the leader or maybe to the whole business. Is going to make that individual want to change, and that, that's ultimately what you need to, to start driving it. Once you have them bought into that to that degree, um, you can implement training methods and training programs that that basically just take that that inkling to change and exponentially grow it. Um, you say, okay, well, you want to start using CRM? Here's a, a ton of classes on how to use CRM, you know, and, and you throw it at them, and and they then want to learn more about it because they know it's going to be more valuable to them. And, and that's ultimately what starts that, that process of digital transformation. God, that's such a good point. That is, I mean, it's such a good, so many good points in that. I mean, as a, um, everyone knows, I mean, we're all employees uh, of organizations, uh, unless we have our own business, but then you're an employee of yourself. Um, but even in that regard, uh, understanding the uh, you know what the changes are for understanding how they will impact you that internal communication from uh, uh, leadership that would be in, you know initiating the project and trying to explain that information off to the um, uh, employees at the organization and under and, and in a way with which they explain it so that the benefit to uh, the folks there. Uh, is known is so huge. That is such a, you, you take away the doubt, you take away the worry, the questions, you know, uh, all that can be addressed up front. And now you have, what have you done? You have increased the champions in your organization just by talking to them. And, and another point, uh, that maybe you're going to get to is that through this conversation, this internal conversation that you have, you may learn that there may be great reasons why things are done a certain way. Uh, there may be uh, additional I- new ideas and, uh, you know, that come from uh, the people that are doing the work on a day-to-day basis. Um, and you may factor that into new ways to do it from a process standpoint. Now, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to get business leaders who are tied up in meetings, trying to run the company, pulled eight different directions at once, uh, you know, uh, trying to keep external uh, um, uh, clients and and trying to keep uh, internal operations running, uh, keeping the finances correct, all of these things that uh, are just compound uh, the C-level. How do you get them 
to understand and communicate effectively to the employees of the organization? Uh, and or is there some bridge that needs to happen there that you know uh, um, that will will help that? That that's a very good question. And and to be entirely honest, this is quite you know quite literally what we are in as a business in the middle of is is trying to highlight the value that we've presented by way of our our products and services like business intelligence to to help lead you know the charge for digital transformation. We're we're in the middle of of a transition for that. Um, but but that said, I I can just you know briefly speak on some of the successes we've already had to that degree. Um, and, and kind of highlight in particular, you know, we, we are employee owned business. Um, you know, we, we always have been, uh, and, and we're, you know, very trustworthy people. Um, you know, I, 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 I trust most, if not everyone I work with and, and that truly has, has, uh, been reciprocated. And I felt the reciprocation across, you know, every single site I've been to, um, you know, all over the world. So there, there really is no, no uh, factor of, of um, no, I don't believe what you're trying to do and trying to support change for is not for me. Um, because, you know, again, employee owned, everyone's in it for the same reason. We're all trying to get each other's uh, support to help drive and, and build our, our business to be uh, more profitable, more successful, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an even easier sell, at least from my perspective, when I can say, Okay, you know that business intelligence program that I introduced. Um, here's another program that is going to be, you know, similarly valuable uh, that I'd like to introduce as well. And here's how it works. Uh, and, and again, because we are employee owned, the business leaders are are somewhat seen of at, at the same level. Um, as in, you know, I can go talk to a business leader and I can explain something like Power BI and the value of it. Um, and they and they will listen to me. They will they will listen and, and give me feedback and what they think about the value. Um, so I, I I'd say if if you don't already have it within a business, find a business that you can absolutely trust. And it doesn't have to necessarily be one that's employee owned, but you should all be on the same page as far as your goals and where you where you want to head as a business. That's a, um, so it's, so if you don't have that, yeah, if you don't have that, it's it's going to be entirely more difficult to to drive a change, um, especially at a, at a uh, higher level. It, very fortunate to be at a, a place you're at. Um, uh, it, it, it sounds like a, um, a great atmosphere and, uh, and a lot of people uh, pulling together, uh, you know, uh, for the sake of the, the greater good. Right. And, and that is tough. You're right. That is tough to, um, get in every type of business. Um, the having that is extremely crit- critical and crucial to the project's success. Because not having that is, uh, um, it will will have massive delays, and and uh, um, and you might end up putting things together with you know some customizations that don't make sense, and later on, if people leave, uh, will actually cause more more trouble in the ERP system or uh, or whatever you're implementing. Um, it, it, it's really interesting uh, when you talk about you know. Understanding those, um, we you say you said uh, repre- the, understanding the value uh, uh, that the change will make towards the individual uh, in the organization, um, because that's just it's not usually how things are are done. Usually, it's um, this is how the 
this is how the change will impact our organization and make us more profitable or us more efficient or us more, you know, or tied to this strategy that was that was created uh, um, by the sea level uh, and and that we're we're all trying to move towards, which are great things you definitely want to make sure uh, you tie your project to. Um, but often not talked about is um, addressing individual needs within an organization and making sure that the employees are, uh, you know, are off in a better position. And that can be as simple as um, making sure the employees uh, have a more efficient way of working, uh, time saving, um, uh, it, it, collapsing very complex processes into more simple processes. Um, and making that that life a lot easier day to day where they can focus. And I think you made this point, uh, focus on actually doing things that will push the business forward. Um, and value driven. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and not, mu- not mundane. It's exactly. I, I agree with you here. And this is an interesting, uh, in- an interesting thought. And um, I would like to spend a little more time on it real quick because I think this is huge, and I think this is kind of a big deal for both business leaders and um, every person listening in this audience to uh, to this podcast. Understanding that individual, uh, you know, uh, the individual needs of the organ, uh, uh, you know, even in the organization. Can you expand upon yeah. that a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. It, it's uh, well, like I said, it starts with understanding. Um, at an individual level, what, what people want. And that, that truly begins with, um, having a trust in, in your, in your, in your employee base. Um, so again, if you, if you're not, you know, employee owned, which is a very easy way to garner trust because again, you're all in it for the same reason. Um, it, then, then I would say find, find a business that is, uh, but once you have, let's say a trust and, and common, you know, understanding between, you know, yourself and maybe a couple other people or other departments of your business, and you're all on the same page with, okay, this is, you know, this is how we're going to progress the business to move forward. Um, it's, it's about looking inward and constantly evaluating yourself. You know, I go back to the point about change is not only good, but necessary. You should be having, you know, if not everyday regular meetings um, and regular sessions to determine what needs to change. Uh, you, you should never feel you know, somewhat complacent, uh, or, you know, like I said, even somewhat complacent about, you know, having, um, uh, or feeling good about where you're at. Uh, you know, unless you're, you know, the mar- a market leader like Google or something, right. It's, you don't have the right. And, and I hate to say it in that way, but, yeah, but right, as a, but... as a smaller mid-sized business, you just can't afford to feel like you're doing enough. Um, so, so the, the constant need to change and to evaluate yourself should be, you know, self-apparent in that, in that fact in itself, you know, and this is, this is the economic degree in me talking that, you know, you're just not that big. Right. But, but at the same time, it's true. It's true. You, you, you're not, you need to, you need to put it in a realistic sense and think, well, you know, I, I'm, I can't afford to, um, to not change. I can't afford to not adapt um, in, a, in a similar way that these larger businesses are. Because I will, I will just lose to them. You know, at mm-hmm. the end, they'll, they'll adapt to what I'm doing, uh, and and I'll be left then out. So again, and and digital transformation is one of these ways that you can you can drive these kinds of changes, um, but it needs to be driven in from the top down. 
so, so when you, when you go to make, you know, again, you're talking about smaller, mid-sized businesses, but when you go to make change and you go to t- make, um, you know, rationale or reason for change, it needs to be driven from the top down or else no one's going to buy in. You know, it's one thing to explain the value uh, to an individual and say, okay, this is why this is, this is going to make your life better. And here's how, um, but, but if their boss isn't bought in on that idea, if their manager isn't bought in on that idea, they're not going to do it because that's not their job. Their yeah. job is to do what their manager tells them to do and cares about. So, and, and at an even higher level, if the, you know, the, the, um, you know, the, the CEO of the entire business is not bought in, then even worse, right? It's, it's the, the managers are not going to want to change because he's not going to want to change. Right. So you, you need to have a, a buy-in from, from, from the top down and the top needs to be, you know, the absolute highest level, uh, can be, um, while also maintaining that, that individual value. No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, there needs to be clear, constant communication, uh, um, from members of the, uh, uh well, the business leaders, right. Um, uh, to yes. the people that are making it happen in the organization. Um, it is a, uh, it's an interesting and tough, uh, piece. And, uh, you know, you had also kind of chatted with me, um, uh, you know, kind of prior to this about the, um, IT department and the way that it's viewed sometimes, uh, you know, and I wanted to give you a second to kind of chat about this because we're going to go into another segment here, uh, um, in just a moment. And I'm going to use that to kind of lead into the next segment. But I want to, I want to talk about your experience real quick with how the IT departments, um, may sometimes in some organizations, uh, be used and what your thought is and and how they should be used. Yeah, no, I'm happy you brought this up because it's something that I, I am desperately trying to change. Um, and I, and I believe I will, uh, and, and that IT as, as in a historical sense, um, and in a general historical sense, not, not with every business, right. Uh, but with most, most, again, smaller to mid-sized businesses make up most businesses nowadays are, are not looking at IT as, um, a, uh, a value added department. They're looked at as an essential department, a necessary department, or uh, sorry, a necessary department, but not an essential department, meaning, you know, if we had to outsource it, we probably could. Um, so, so I think changing that mindset is, is something that I'm, I'm very actively trying to, to do, uh, because it's, it's quite the opposite. Without IT, you wouldn't have the foundation, um, to, to move forward as a business. You wouldn't even have a foundation to begin with. So I think, you know, with that being said, uh, ideas like digital transformation, are not only so important to the leaders, but, but to IT. Uh, this is the door into that, that window of acceptance, right? That, that, that layer where, you know, we fit in and can, can relate at a, at a, and, a, and I hate to say it in this way, but at a, like a layman term level, right? With the rest of the business, you know, IT fits in with, with digital transformation because you need to understand how technology works software hardware around digital transformation to drive it. But at the same time, the, the leaders of the business need to tell you what they're wanting to change and transform. So, so this is basically bridging that gap 
between you know the rest of the departments and IT to say, hey, actually we're you know providing just as much value as everyone else, and here's how you know it's it's relating to to every single one of you. Yeah, that's a great point, and I've seen a lot of uh, successful people um, be able to help business leaders by letting them know the questions that they need to start asking uh, so that they can get the right data. And, um, and then taking that information and communicating it with the uh, um, workers in the organization that uh, are doing the day to day and explaining to them, you know, how that, you know, how these things are going to affect them and then listening to them. Right. Cause it's kind of a back and forth. I feel like, uh, it's, you know, you go talk to, talk to one and then you get some information, you talk to the other, and then you kind of work your way into a consensus of what needs to be done based on both of those conversations. And sometimes they go up, they have happened more than once. Um, our next segment, uh, last segment, it crystal ball. And, uh, why I started including this segment is because, um, what I found is that, uh, we'd often go and have these great conversations, but then we didn't understand where to take them. Right. And so, and, and we didn't theorize what the possibilities were going to be moving forward. And I really wanted to start taking some of these conversations and then gearing them towards setting up what could be coming up in the future. Uh, not necessarily predicting what's going to happen, but the best of your ability, seeing the patterns that are happening and where those patterns are going. And I specifically wanted to talk about this in regards to um, uh, what we talked about, which is um, uh, businesses. Uh, they have gone through so many changes over the past several years. Um, so many different things have happened and they've had to work with the IT department to do it. Um, uh, IT departments have had to uh, uh, um, have just been almost burnt out in some regards uh, with all the changes and, and things that have happened in the past several years. Um, however, uh, the job doesn't end. It keeps moving. And, 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 and now that we've had all these massive changes and things and movement, um, I feel like the, there's a, there's something upcoming. There's an, there's a next thing, you know, whether it be, with digital transformation or business intelligence or, uh, or, or trying to combine them all together, uh, uh, you know, and, and finding a better way to get it to get things moving. But I really wanted to take this piece that you had, which was uh, talking about the way to use IT correctly, right? The way to, uh, you know, use their, their talents and their um, thought processes and the way that they think. Uh, and, and and really harness that uh, as a strategic initiative moving through the company. I wanted to see what the the IT crystal ball was for the future of IT uh, in organizations, and what your thought was on that. Sure, that, that's a that's a, that's a good way of putting it. The, the crystal ball analogy, I like that. <laughs> um, I, I might have to use that myself when uh when I ask the same question to my employees. Um, no, but I think, uh, I think to, to put it in a simple sense, it is digital transformation, but in a, in a more broader sense, it's, it's the idea that IT is what drives transformation in a business nowadays. 
Um, you know, I, I go back to my point about, you know, being, uh, uh, growing up with technology, there wasn't a period where I didn't grow up with technology. Um, so, so, and, and that's not, not going to revert. Uh, so, so the idea that technology is not going to be driven by business is just not going to happen. Um, it's, it's, it's at the forefront of how businesses are being driven and only increasing. Um, and, and so that being said, the, the sell to, uh, let's say, be the driver of what, how business changes um, is, is entirely and readily available uh, because you basically are, are taking everything that you are using in a personal sense and just converting it to be in a, in a business sense. And, and if you're not doing something, if you are doing something personally, but not for a good reason, why are you doing it personally? So I, I think when you, when you talk about um, IT and, and maybe where it's going in the future and, and how it relates uh, maybe to other departments at, in the business, um, it, it will be seen at, at not a background level, but at, a, at, a, at the forefront um, and, and seen as kind of a driver for change. I truly believe that, you know, in the next five, 10 years, these, uh, especially in, in the industries like, you know, that I've, that I've worked in, like, um, uh, in manufacturing, um, where, you know, it's, it's entirely critical that, you know, to, to succeed in, in comparison to other manufacturing businesses, that is, um, to utilize data and technology, um, that, that they will be reliant, uh, uh, on, on IT. Um, but again, it's, it starts with, Utilizing these these systems and processes that are um, uh, that are that are somewhat new, such as the business intelligence um, and, and programs that support that idea, um, to, to highlight that kind of value. But yeah, like I said, I think in the next five ten years, IT will not not nearly be um, will will not be anything like it is now, as in uh, be seen as as a background task, <laughs> uh, but but more so at the forefront um, and, and kind of drivers for, for change in a business. Um, and, and if not, you know, drivers, then, then um, vehicles for the drivers, you know, uh, if not drivers themselves, um, which to be fair, you know, I don't think, you know, IT should necessarily be the drivers, you know, entirely. Um, but, but, you know, we should definitely be the vehicles. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, end this on a, on a, uh, with an analogy that, I stole from a uh, an event that I attended, um, where someone someone had basically said that IT is is um, and only should be a clean water source um, to the rest of the business, um, and that you know you, you shouldn't be direct you know you shouldn't be directing how you use the water. You shouldn't necessarily be uh, providing that you know bad water. Your job really is only to make it uh, available one and two clean. And then as long as you, you know, do that, the rest of the businesses, you know, the rest of the business will use, you know, for their own, for their own purpose, you know, they'll, they'll use it to, to drink, to shower, whatever, right? So it's, it's entirely up to the business uh, departments, apart from IT, to decide how to use that, that, that data and that technology. Um, all IT is, is really meant to do um, is, is to be that, that clean source of that technology um, and, and, and not dirty in a sense that it's not clear how we use it or how we train to use it, or it's not clear who uses it and why it's being used. Um, that, that is what IT, if nothing else, should be entirely responsible for going forward is, is highlighting in a, in a perfect way what technology is and what's of it, what, what technology available, 
and how to use it. Wow. Great insight, uh, nerds. It's uh, Michael Moore. And you know I've been here with uh, Sam uh, Nastiger, IT manager at Ripple USA uh, on dissecting popular IT nerds. Sam, thank you so much uh, for uh, being with us today. And, uh, uh, and please come on again. Absolutely. I'll have you anytime. I'll be on anytime you'd like to have me. And uh, thanks for having me today. I, I really do appreciate the opportunity. It was great talking with you as well. Um, I, I'd love to chat with anyone else that would love to keep up with me. If you'd like to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn um, and, and I'm available that way. Yep. And we'll put your LinkedIn details up on the site. Thank you guys. Great. Uh, have a good one. <laughs>